Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. AM, The Zone. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. And I've got all kinds of good news for you on a good Friday. How are you? I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. It's official. World Dairy Expo is going to remain in Wisconsin. The announcement came yesterday from the World Dairy Expo Board. After a lot of consideration, they will remain at the Alliant Energy Center grounds in Madison for the 54th edition of the show coming up September 28th through October 2nd. We'll talk more about the arrangement as we roll through the hour. Also, good news as far as weather is concerned. Boy, this weekend looks fantastic. Starting off today with partly sunny skies, 51 degrees. Tomorrow, sunny and 67 Sunday, sunshine, 72. Monday, we've got a chance of rain in the forecast, but we'll still stay at 68 degrees. I know that's got a lot of people excited about those outdoor activities. We'll talk weather with Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, coming up. We're on mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. When you see water in your basement, it usually spells trouble. Some other insurance companies might leave you high and dry and not in the way you want. That's why Rural Mutual offers a limited water endorsement on their homeowner's policy to help cover flood, sewer backup, and sump pump coverage. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. So here we are. Welcome to April, everybody. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I'll tell you what, I was happy that uh, the past week or so got a chance to take a little bit of a break, a chance to enjoy some sunshine in South Carolina. And, you know, if I would have had uh, the idea, I might have sat down for a minute and cracked open a good book. Caitlin, I understand that you have found for some of us that enjoy uh, reading a new opportunity to not only uh, enjoy some fun, but learn a little bit about uh, a Wisconsin farm family many are already familiar with. That's right, Pam. It's a book called On a Wisconsin Family Farm. And like you said, the author is someone we know around the dairy industry, Corey Geiger. Many know him as a managing editor for Hordes Dairymen. It's that national dairy farming magazine. And he released this new book, which chronicles his own family history. It's a dedication to America's farm women as his ancestor, Anna Satori, went against cultural norms and became the sole owner of her family's homestead in 1905. There's life and loss, disease, bootlegging, gangsters. And what's even crazier to me is that these are real people who are part of the foundation of America's Dairyland as we see it today. But this book certainly did not happen overnight as the 150th anniversary of their family farm approach. Corey wanted to celebrate those six generations on the farm. So he started a series called Homesteaders Hope in his hometown paper, The Brilliant News. The reason I started doing that is my parents were just tired. And when, when the farm turned 150, I couldn't convince them to have a party in the farm. I was more than willing to do most of the work, but if they weren't going to be on board and it wasn't going to be fun, let's not do it. So I told Crystal, let's have a party in the paper. So we did. My goal was to write 20 and I've written 95 columns. And that's about enough to do 17 editions of Hordes Dairyman from front to back. I mean, the way these are written. So it's a little bit of history, a little bit of 
bringing it fast forward to the current and why these people did all this stuff. So it's, um, and it's just beyond our family too. One of the things that I really liked right when I cracked the book was when you said you'd always had the story, but it just wasn't written yet. You'd always had it in your heart and in your mind and through your upbringing of learning. And I even enjoyed the hiding the the recorder underneath the tablecloth. <laughs> yeah, early on, I knew they wouldn't. Uh, that was just not them because my grandparents, Elmer and Julia Pritzel, who were the fourth generation on the farm, uh, and Julia was born in that farmhouse. They loved that place. When she turned 90, we all gathered on the 90th birthday. Everybody was there. And my dad, who was her son-in-law, asked, let's say a prayer. But before we do that, would you like to say any words? And she goes, I am grateful that Randy and Rosie are running my family farm, that it's still in the family and an active farm. And um, let's pray. And that was it. And that said everything for her. So she was born in that farmhouse uh, in 1918, and her life was there. It was a robust place, a very profitable farm. But when my parents moved there in 1981, so it passed for three generations in a row, it passed from Anna Burich to Julia Pritzel to Rosalie Geiger. And I mean, today, women working on the farm and women taking leadership roles, there's a lot of young women that are doing that today. I'll tell you what, 100 years ago, it wasn't happening. My grandpa and grandma moved to town just two miles away, but they were probably on that farm in summer five to seven days. In winter, three to five days. And it was just normal for them to come in during breakfast. They kind of knew when chores were done, if it was summertime and I was home for school, and I would hear stories. I didn't do much talking, and I did a whole heap of listening. And as the years gone by, you know, I would learn that her dad, John, for three years made bricks to build the house, that he was sick of a windy pioneer cabin and he imported lumber from California, redwood lumber, because he didn't want the windows to rot. I learned he dug the gravel for three years and cut all the wood for that house so he would have a, a nice house for his family. And then they saved every board from the pioneer house and that became the roof boards in the next building. And how people were recycling, or what we would call today green, they were doing that already back then. So I heard all these stories. And by the time I joined the Hordes Dairyman team and went out around the country and talked to other people, I'm like, a lot of people think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. And I'm like, ah, the grass is pretty green on my side. And I started asking the questions I didn't understand. Why did they do this? Or why did they do that? How do you know Uncle Tom was a bootlegger? And she'd tell me. And there's a story not in this book yet, and I hope to have a second book. My grandpa Elmer's mother was uh, actually killed by a train going, and he grew up in town, to go get milk. And these ladies back in the day had these high lace-up boots, and she walked the railroad tracks. Her laces got caught, and uh, the train smucked her. As an adult, I finally had courage to ask those last questions. And he never told that story to anyone in his family until that day. And he was 88 and the tears rolled down his face and he held grandma's hand. So it was a privilege to gather all this. And then when, as grandma pushed into her nineties, I, I knew she had pictures. I knew there were other documents and she did not want to share them. She said, when I die, they're under the bed, they're yours. I went and looked right away, and they were all there, and they were all labeled in her own way. It matched the stories I had heard for all my entire life with pictures, and now they were believable. That's one thing that's really neat about your book is you web in the oral history that you've learned, but you have not only pictures but letters 
and other documents that you were able to transcribe. And one thing that really resonated well with me, as silly as this may sound, you took people who we see in history books, you took black and white images, and you made them real. You gave them a life. And it really set the tone for what it was like immigrating to the United States and starting a family farm in Wisconsin. In this journey, between looking at the pictures and the other thing I did, and some people may think that's a bit unique, and I'm being kind to myself, many times I would start writing in longhand these articles. I would go visit the graves of these people, and I would just sit there, and I would just think what was going on in their mind. I would look at the notes that were left behind. Why did they come to America? How bad was it to leave Europe? How bad was it to decide to sew money in clothes and send it back to Europe to Czech Republic or what's today's Czech Republic was Bohemia back then and hope it got there. And to make those kind of sacrifices, it wasn't easy. And how people helped each other when things got bad. Neighbor's barn burnt down. The gentleman didn't have money to rebuild it. Another family member offered the barn boards, fresh cut pine barn boards for it and said, I don't have enough boys in my family. You're going to cut wood for me for three years. And he did it. And sure, was there some haggling back and forth? I'm pretty darn sure there was. You know, they did some really good things and they had their turmoils. They did some, you know, you're bootlegging moonshine in the 1920s. You're not uh, following the letter of the law by any means. Or if you got a copper cow in your barn, that's making brew not from moo to sell. Those are things that we can finally talk about. Boy, for generations, you just zip the lip on it. And like you said, when you finally get the courage to write these down, I think one thing that's also fascinating is it might get the wheels turning for other people. Where did my family come from? What was their history? Does my grandma maybe have a box of photos or something like that tucked under their bed too? And hopefully this will get us talking about these conversations. There's so many different avenues in this book that you lay out well, and yet it uncovers things that made Wisconsin what it is today. What I like about this, it started out, as I said, a column in our local paper, and people it got people talking about their families. And for me, that was the highest honor for the work I was doing in this book. It got grandkids to ask grandparents questions. There's a story about Anna Burich's daughter dying of polio on Christmas Eve, funeral, December 27th, and her eighth grade classmates being pallbearers. It doesn't get more real than that. When you think about it, fast forward today, those parents, when they could get a polio vaccine and stop death in their children, they didn't debate whether I was getting the vaccine or not. They ran and got it. And so it keeps life in perspective and history repeats itself. The nouns are different, but the plot line is the same. Corey, for people who might be interested in the same things that you are, do you have any advice for someone who, even if they're not looking to write a book, because this is a huge endeavor in and of itself, but do you have advice for people who want to learn more about their family's history? I mean, were there any obstacles that you went through when putting all these pieces together, even though you had a lot of the pieces there, you just had to puzzle it in? No, I had a big dream here, and it's finally come to life here through this book, but I've been collecting material for years, and for the those in the farming community, there's a lot of neat nuggets out there, and you just got to believe in them. I love collecting old plat books. I'll tell you what, when you know where neighbors lived 
in 1900, you know how these stories started interlocking with each other. If you're a family farm, if you can get your hands on the original abstracts, I wrote two or three chapters out of the abstracts because they wrote their wills in these things back then. You would never do that today because it'd be a public record. Finding some relatives in your family who appear to like history, odds are they have things squirreled away. And if you ask them a question, you'll be fascinated what you learn. And then lastly, just if you think you have a writing bug, just have enough guts to start writing it. The scariest place is a white screen. Just put something down and then hand it to a friend or relative. What do you think of this? There's a lot of young people that are in school looking to do book reports or reports of that nature. Just start with a 500-word article or 350 or 250 bullet points. Just be simple with it. And you never know who in the family might grab it and run. Thank you, Corey. And if you want to grab a copy of On a Wisconsin Family Farm and run with it, it is available now online at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and through Arcadia Publishing. If you want a signed copy, you can visit CoreyGeiger.com. Corey says he had pre-orders from 21 states, and he hopes to continue his journey as an author with fresh ideas for books, from family history to working with a doctor to create a heart health book about men with his father and grandfather as a focal point. I'll share more from my conversation with Corey at MidwestFarmReport.com. From the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse, I'm Kaitlin Riley. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. They come, but once a year, get ready to celebrate. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee here for McFarland's in the heart of Sauk City, 780 Carolina Street, or online, mcfarlands.net. I'm talking about Customer Appreciation Days, April 6th through the 10th, with specials going on every day in the store. Crazy good deals on things like Carhartt, Milwaukee Tools, and more. Find the details at mcfarlands.net, or better yet, head to the store, 780 Carolina Street, right there in the heart of Sauk City. Huh, nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year... We'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Delectable understands how hard it is to have the kids at home, to work from home, plus cook and do dishes. Check out the delicious options for your whole family, available Tuesday through Saturday for curbside pickup. Visit Delectable.com to choose from this week's selection of chef-inspired entrees everyone in the family will simply love. Be sure and check out their virtual culinary dinner theater options for a truly special date night. What's for dinner? Delectable.com. Hang on to your tractors. 
here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. On a good Friday, and it looks like it's going to be a good Friday as far as weather. It's time for your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us this morning. I am. I, I have to admit, I am excited about the weekend. Not just the fact that it's Easter weekend and a lot of folks feeling a little bit more comfortable about getting together, but I'm super excited about this weather. It's going to allow us to get together outside. Yeah, it's going to make it uh, very nice to spend time outside, hopefully getting together with some family and friends, or maybe just enjoying your space, your backyard, uh, out around your buildings and working with the livestock, because it's going to be very, very mild indeed. A really great pattern, high pressure in the Midwest. The biggest thing, aside from all these wonderful temps, will be a bit of a breeze yet today, even into the day tomorrow. Not like it was early this week, but it'll still be a little on the breezy side. But high pressure is starting to drop a bit further off to the southeast. Late this weekend, a cool front does drop in from the northwest on its way southeast. The only effect it'll have is a bit of a wind shift, winds becoming westerly. As we move even through Saturday and into Saturday night, back to the south, keeping us warm through Easter Sunday. And by Monday, look ahead, a chance of some rain. It really appears it uh, will affect southwest Wisconsin, down into Illinois, parts of Iowa. But that could change a few days away. But I expect some showers, maybe even a thunderstorm, developing into Monday, lasting toward Tuesday. Not much for a rainmaker, but there will be a little rain as we get to the early part of next week, still with well above normal temperatures, so it doesn't cool down. We're not having snow, just going to be a little on the damp side. I'll have our forecast right after this. The Wisconsin Beef Improvement Association is hosting its 64th annual Performance Selected Bull Sale, the longest-running test in the nation. You can bid online only on Saturday, April 3rd, beginning at 11 a.m. at dvauction.com. View the sale catalog, performance and pedigree information, and video of the bulls at wisconsinbeef.com or call 608-342-1119 for more info. Again, the website is dvauction.com and the phone number is 608-342-1119. Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin Soybean Community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. Alrighty, Stu, go ahead and finish up our weekend with some great news. And, you know, really even next week, it looks like it's going to be pretty mild. It's going to seem like spring. You're right. Our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update is for a sunny day today. A pretty big spread in temps. Low 50s in the east and south. Made an upper 50s toward La Crosse and even Boston getting some of that warmth. South winds are pretty light this morning. Will increase probably 5 to 15. There may be a gust near 20. Overnight, a partly cloudy sky. No big problem. Back into the upper 30s or near 40. The south winds 5 to 15. Sunny on Saturday. Mid-60s could be pushing 70 at La Crosse already the west winds will be 5 to 15 and a bit gusty on saturday and by sunday mostly sunny a lot of very upper 60s and low 70s could be a mid 70 for lacrosse our warm spot south winds around 5 to 15 that chance of a little rain a shower maybe a thunderstorm developing for monday pan but even then we're still in the mid and upper 60s for highs with a rain chance that's one that could actually smell like rain and Make it seem like spring. All right. Happy angleworms out there by that time, huh? 
I, I wouldn't be surprised. You're right. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have a good Easter weekend. We'll catch up with you on Monday. You bet. Take care. All right. Stumuck, Ag Meteorologist, with weather details that you really want to hear as we get started on a Friday. And uh, another reminder, we talk about that rain that is in the forecast coming up next week. Don't forget, we've launched our Rural Mutual rainfall report. All you need is you, your rain gauge, and a smartphone. You'll be able to text your rainfall reports to 877-301-3276 and uh, let us know what's happening in your backyard when it starts next week. That's your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture in rural America. Visit Compure.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You're grateful for all the ways technology can connect us. Unfortunately, there are online scammers who want to take advantage. Malicious viruses, phishing scams, and identity theft are more prevalent than ever. That's why Rural Mutual includes cybersecurity protection as an option on every policy. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like discounts on select Granger products and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Just about everyone from all walks of life have passed through these doors, each with distinctive skills, dialects, stories, all with a couple of things in common, sense of community and the love of a comfortable spot to chill out. The Tasting Room Lounge, the perfect refuge to enjoy your favorite cigar, spirit, specialty beer, or wine, indoor or on the patio. Find your spot at the Tasting Room Lounge, West Broadway, Monona. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin-type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines, as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler, like Restylane Lift, is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. There have been multiple instances of scammers impersonating Madison police officers and detectives. A 27-year-old man told officers he was contacted by MPD officer Rick Foster and the caller ID displayed the MPD North District's main number. The victim was asked to send money through a money app. The victim later confirmed with MPD that this was a scam and nobody by the name of Rick Foster is employed with MPD. These types of calls are scams with people impersonating the authorities and conjuring up different schemes to 
fool people into giving them money. Remember, scammers can spoof your caller ID. Please visit the Federal Trade Commission Consumer Information website for more details on these types of scams and steps you can take to protect yourself. If you have any information regarding similar scams, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. In Wisconsin, recent crash data show that someone is injured or killed in a crash involving an inattentive driver every 46 minutes. Cell phones usually make our lives easier, but when they're misused, serious harm can result. Drivers who read and send text messages while they drive endanger all of us and can cause catastrophic injuries. At Clifford and Rihala, we help people who have been injured by distracted drivers, and we know how common that negligence is. Clifford and Rihala urges you, please don't text while you drive. By making smart choices on the road, you can protect yourself and help prevent crashes. If you've been injured by a distracted driver, call us. We'll help you. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. I use Prairie Exteriors for roofing, metal siding, shingles, windows, doors, interior work. Very affordable. They get the job done. Their workmanship excels most of the work I've ever seen. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. Good people. PrairieExteriors.com. Opening day, Milwaukee Brewers going against uh, the Minnesota Twins, Kenta Maeda on the mound opposite of you know Brandon Woodruff. I have to ask you about this quote, though, from Christian Yelich. I, I chuckled to myself when I saw it. Yelly said, each team has the ability to tell its own story. This year's story is untold yet. It was Yelich. Yeah, he, was, Sounds he, like he was, was asked about, about you know comparing this team to the teams in 2018 and 2019, and he went all all deep and philosophical there. Um, actually, a pretty good. He was pretty good yesterday in his Zoom session. Yeah. But, yeah, it was just a matter of, you know. I chuckled. Yeah, I did, too. But it was more along the lines of, like, you know, it's hard to make comparisons to those teams because they're always unique. And you know, his big thing is, whether it's team or individual, you know, what you did or didn't do the year before doesn't really matter because it's a new year. So What were you going to say, about the deep route. Yeah. Oh, I just wasn't sure if him and the team were dabbling in a lot of Natasha Bedenfield here lately <laughs> with the unwritten stuff. <laughs> the unwritten song, whatever that song was. Well, I thought maybe he was dabbling in some, like, a philosophy because, you know, uh, Andrew – or dabbling in something out in Arizona, you know. <laughs> hey, and God bless him for that. You know what I'm saying? Because a man can uh, never stand in the same river twice because he's not the same man and it is not the same river. I don't know if you knew that, Andrew. Wow, it is way too early for that. <laughs> what do you mean? It's like I got up at 4 a.m. I'm like buzzing on some coffee and opening day. All right, so let me ask you, Broski, when it comes to this season and this upcoming season, obviously it's not been written yet. What are we looking like for the Brewers? Is the NL Central attainable for the crew? Because I don't think there's really a clear-cut favorite right now in the Central. I, I agree with you there. I, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be. Um, you look at the Central. You look at just look at the pitching alone. Does anyone in the Central have the one-two punch that the Brewers, you know, have on paper in, in 
Woodruff and Burns, and I don't think so. Um, and then the back end with, with Hader and Williams. Yeah. Their offense, it's a, right now, it's a question. You, you have to put it that way because of what happened last year. You saw some encouraging things in the spring training, but you've got to like the way the offense has the potential to shape up. I don't, I don't see any reason why they, why they couldn't be the team in the mix there at the end. I mean, it, it's absolutely there for the taking in that division. Uh, why, why not? You know, what would, what would really be standing in the way? Yeah. Like, what, what else? The Cardinals are always the Cardinals. They're always going to be good. And I've said before, I think the Cubs are a team to keep an eye on just because of the realities of their situation. I mean, they've got – there's like two things going against them right now. They've got all these guys that are in their walk here. So this is like the last hurrah for this team that, you know, broke the drink, jinx, won the World Series, but hasn't been able to do anything since. So they're playing for that legacy – and two, what do we know about guys playing in their walk years? You know, those guys always step it up. So when you have half the team in the last year of their contract, they're also playing for their future. So, yeah. you know, the Cubs and Cardinals, it's going to be like every year the last five years. Cubs and Cardinals do get out. Now, Andrew Wagner joining us right now from the Wisconsin State Journal, Forbes.com. Andrew, we were, uh, you know, talking about, and you already had said it, the best one-two punch in the NL Central when it comes to starting pitching in Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. I was reading... I think it was, I was reading one of your stories, and I was uh, obviously entertained and got a lot of knowledge out of it. Um, there was one thing I was reading, it was the best case scenario that the that Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff would com- have a sub-3 ERA and combine for, how many wins was it, Rowdy? 35? Yeah, 35. Can they do that? In your opinion, yeah. In your opinion, could they combine for 35 I'm wins? I sure as hell didn't write that story, but that's pretty good. I wish I would have had No, I mean, I was reading one. yours, and then I read that one um, a little later, and I was like, whoa, holy shnikes. So I wanted to save it in my, my, my memory bank to ask you what you thought of 35 wins combined. Combined between the two, yeah, that would be. If you get numbers like that out of Woodruff and Burns, then yeah, I think you're talking about a team that <laughs> that definitely wins nationally central and has a shot to go beyond that. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Both guys are that good; they have that potential. Um, see, it has much last year with Woodruff, but again, that was kind of a weird year. Yeah, but you know it's. Those two dudes are really good, you know, and we have not been able to say that about Brewers pitchers, homegrown Brewers pitchers in the last couple of years. You know, it's it, it's going to be fun to watch these guys, and that's actually a story I'm working on for tomorrow. Is you know, Brewers the Brewers have had a hard time developing pitchers over the last however many twenty thirty years, and their system right now is pretty good. I mean, Burns, Woodruff, uh, those guys drafted and developed. If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Beautiful weather on the way for our Easter, starting off this Good Friday with sunshine and 51. Tomorrow, sunshine and 67. And Easter Sunday, sunshine and 72 degrees. Now, coming up next week, we've got a little bit of a chance of showers in the forecast on Monday, but we'll still stay around 68 degrees. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Good Friday. Well, on this day back in 1792, the U.S. dollar is introduced. The Mint Act of 1792 established the dollar as U.S. currency. And today, about two-thirds of global trade is all based on the value of the U.S. dollar. On this day in 1982... 
Argentina occupied the Falkland Islands. They invaded it. Uh, That property was held by the United Kingdom. So it turned into the Falkland Wars. Now, the Falkland War didn't last all that long, only about 74 days. But 649 Argentinian soldiers, 255 British military personnel, and three Falkland Islanders all died in those 74 days. So pretty heavy toll for a pretty small piece of territory. That happened on this day back in 1982. And now you know. Well, I am thrilled to report to you this morning that World Dairy Expo is staying in Wisconsin. The official announcement came yesterday that World Dairy Expo, after a lot of consideration and evaluation of alternative venues, has decided to stay at the Alliant Energy Center grounds in Madison for their 54th show coming up September 28th through October 2nd. Bill Hageman, Board president for World Dairy Expo said the clarity that Expo's leaders were looking for from Dane County officials has been put in place, and they are grateful for the patience and commitment to World Dairy Expo. Dane County Executive Director Joe Parisi says that the only home for World Dairy Expo should be Dane County, and he said that they were ready to welcome the dairy industry's premier event back again this fall. World Dairy Expo staying in Wisconsin. Again, the show coming up. September 28th through October 2nd. I imagine if you haven't already done it, you might be shopping for an Easter ham this weekend, and the National Pork Board is happy about that. Kirsten Hafer, who is part of the strategy team at the National Pork Board, says traditionally most consumers focused on spiral-cut, bone-in, and boneless hams when looking for the special occasion meat. Sales of ham grew during the pandemic as more meals were prepared and eaten at home. Last year, we saw a lot of ham consumption among households of all sizes and types. Ham actually made it into younger generations and onto their tables. We think that we will have a very similar Easter this year where we'll have some strong ham consumption and it's really going to be centered around smaller sized items. So we saw a lot of smaller spiral hams, half hams, quarter hams, even ham steaks making it onto Easter celebrations. Kirsten Hafer with the National Pork Board. But why is ham so popular, not only for Easter, but for a lot of holiday celebrations? Well, the Pork Board decided they wanted to find out. We had conducted some research and understood that the usage motivators around the Easter occasion for ham really come down to three things. Number one is they find ham to be crowd-pleasing, meaning their family loves it. Um, It's something they feel good about serving. The second is they love the flavor of ham. And the third is ham is their go-to. So as we think about the Easter occasion and we think about those holiday celebrations, they feel good about serving it. It really checks the box for a great eating experience and everyone's happy. Kirsten Hafer with the National Pork Board. Now, if you're looking for a little change up on how you present that ham or maybe what you do with the leftovers, they've got great suggestions online at pork.org. Whether it's a lot or a little, we need your rainfall reports. The Rural Mutual Rainfall Report is on. Text your rainfall reports to 877 877- 301 Farm. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner for a digital weather station courtesy Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Text those rainfall reports to 877 877- 
301-FARM. The Wisconsin Beef Improvement Association is hosting its 64th annual Performance Selected Bowl Sale, the longest-running test in the nation. You can bid online only on Saturday, April 3rd, beginning at 11 a.m. at dvauction.com. View the sale catalog, performance and pedigree information, and video of the bowls at wisconsinbeef.com or call 608-342-1119 for more info. Again, the website is dvauction.com, and the phone number is 608-342-1119. So remember, it's Good Friday. The markets are closed. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained three cents to one fifty-one and a quarter. Forty-pound block cheese was up three and three-quarter cents at one seventy-seven and a half. Double A butter that closed the week up two and three-quarter cents at one eighty-four and a half. The May milk closed 22 cents higher at 1845 hundredweight. June milk up 17 at 1861 hundredweight. Meanwhile, December corn finished seven cents stronger at 484 and a half. November soybeans closed the week up seven and a half at 1263 and three quarters. While July new crop wheat was down five and a quarter cents at 610 and a half. Wisconsin farmers are going to plant a little more corn this year, 4.15 million acres according to the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service. That's 150,000 acres more than 2020. 2.25 million acres of soybeans are projected. That's 250,000 acres more in soybeans this year compared to last. And if that exactly happens, it would be Wisconsin's largest planted acreage on soybeans on record. And now you know. We have got a lot of women in Wisconsin agriculture that are making big decisions when it comes to how they want to use their land. Next week, they'll share their stories with the Wisconsin Women in Conservation Movement. We're talking with one of the guests next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I want to be everything when I grow up. I want to be an astronaut. I would like to become an animator. It's so cool how the drawings actually come to life. I want to be a vet because I get to help animals. Foster a future. Children in foster care have unlimited potential. Go to fosterparentsrock.org. Sponsored by the Coalition for Children, Youth, and Families and the Wisconsin Department of Children and Families. This is what I love to do. When it comes to putting a room together, I'm brilliant. No idea where you come up with these things. You didn't put the room together. I can just scribble an idea down on a piece of paper and voila! You drew the room and handed it to a lazy boy interior designer. I don't know how I do it. These ideas just come to me. Your idea was to go to lazy boy. That's all anyone has to do. I mean, I'm not bragging. You're totally bragging. But a little planning and you could have a home that looks like this. And Anybody can do that. It just takes a simple meeting with a Lazy Boy interior designer. It takes about an hour, then they take it from there. It just feels good to have it all come together like this. I can finally put my feet up and relax. You've had your feet up the whole time. It's time to order your custom designs for summer delivery. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy home furnishings and decor Madison. East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Hi, I'm Julie Bowen for the March of Dimes, asking you to help save premature babies. As a mother of three healthy boys, it makes me sad to think that more than a million babies around the world die every year because they're born too soon, and that our country has one of the highest rates of infant death of any developed country. 
Let's work together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchOfDimes.com to find out how you can make a difference in your community and around the world. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. It's a story I've been bringing to you farm women for a couple weeks now, focused in on groups that are getting together to empower women that are looking at conservation but might be a little intimidated by some of the agencies, the associations, the outside partnerships that may hold grant money, information, or partnerships for you. We're talking about it today with Stacy Botsford. She's one of the conservation coaches, and she is in the kind of northeast uh, Wisconsin, central Wisconsin area. Talk to me first, Stacy, about how you got connected as a conservation coach with this effort. Was it something that you experienced yourself? Tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. So uh, we own Red Door Family Farm, which is a, a diversified organic vegetable farm in north central Wisconsin. And um, when we began farming, we were doing it on the premise that we could farm, make a profit, as, long, as well as um, build soil and live by some of these conservation, conservation practices. So the first thing that we did when we got to our land was call NRCS and figure out what we can do to help out the situation. We just bought some, uh, it was conventionally cropped corn. There wasn't a tree on the land. Well, there was one tree on the land and we killed it, um, moving a rock pile. But then we planted 2,000 more trees that year. And we went full speed trying to prove our point that farming doesn't have to be to the detriment of the environment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Now, that that's being said, so did you have uh, conversations with different agencies that might have had grant monies or might have had some assistance out there for that firsthand experience at how, how kind of challenging those conversations can be at some time? Great. Well, that's absolutely right. And I think that we had a lot of... Um, support from other farmers around us telling us that these were, you know, worthwhile to put your energy and time into something um, that's, you know, bureaucracy. You know, it's hard when you're busy trying to put seeds in the ground sometimes to make those phone calls, but um, the NRCS did an awesome job with giving us um, funding for those trees. I think they paid for half cost share. They help us every year with our organic certification, Um, and really, once you're connected, to those people, then they can really help you figure out what things you're eligible for. Right, yeah. Stacy Botsford's along with us if you're just joining us. She is one of the conservation coaches that's going to be sharing their knowledge, uh, acting as mentor for any woman that wants to be involved in the movement. Now, they've got two separate events that are coming up April 6th and 7th. Right now, everything is still going Zoom, and they are only asking for your time from basically about noon until 1.30. And each day, there's going to be separate opportunities for those conservation coaches in your geography to share their story. Stacy, have you had a chance to uh, be involved in any of these conservation conversations already? And what kind of feedback or response have you heard? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we did have one already, and um, it was just sort of a kickoff about a month ago. And I was uh, like so amazed at the women coming, um, sharing their stories, and we got to hear from um, some conservationists in the area about different programs. Um, it was mostly the thing that I took away from it mostly was that I sort of shared my story 
And then I got a couple of phone calls right out of the gates asking, um, hey, you're kind of near me. What do you think about, you know, this tree line? What do you think about what could I do? And it was such an awesome moment for me to be able to, like, talk about the thing that I was passionate about. Um, I'm excited about our fall uh, field days where I can maybe show people around, show people what we've done, because it is something that we're passionate about, and we've spent a whole lot of time thinking about this. So anytime I can get an audience, I'm ready to talk. <laughs> well, and I know there's not many of us that are involved in agriculture when it's not our passion. We just don't, that's not our motivation. So it's good to hear that people are calling and responding so quickly. One thing about this idea, it's only two days, Stacy, April 6th and 7th this time around, but it does cover a lot of different regions. Do you suggest that people you know, sample what's going on in other regions. I mean, it's all about women collaborating as kind of a region, isn't it? Right. That's a great point. And so there are the different regions are split up into different days. So my region will be on the 7th from 12 to one thirty, And I know that the, the different regions are they're kind of split up. So you can, if you would like, you can pop in on any one of them. It's one of those nice things about Zoom is you don't actually have to be there to be there. Um, so, you know, the conversations might look a lot different from somebody from a different region. I thought it was cool that we split it up into regions for the fact that, you know, I'm in the northern part of the state here, and it does not look like Madison. We're still, it's still cold here. We're not ready to be out in the field. It's still wet here. It just, it was snowing this morning. Well, that looks a lot different than somebody who's, uh, you know, a little bit further south or even anywhere. Well, and you're right. And and by having that discussion and maybe reminding them to tap the brakes on some of their in- enthusiasm, that's a good point. Again, we're uh, chatting right now with Stacy Botsford. She is uh, kind of in the central, north central portion of the state. Uh, she's originally from Wausau. You got to tell them the story uh, as far as how you got into this, Stacy, because I don't want people making assumptions that you had uh, depth of background necessarily when it came to trees. Tell them a little bit about your background and how you landed uh, in your spot. Right. Well, we were, uh, my husband and I were whitewater river guides for 10 years. Um, we lived in Costa Rica for six years. We were in Canada. We were out west. And that was sort of, you know, that's that was the path that we were taking for quite a while. From the river, you can really see the effects, dramatic effects, on farming and pollution. I think the river is the pulse. It tells you how things are going. And while we were in the river, you could see, you know, issues with deforestation, erosion, pollution, you know, just dead rivers. And we thought, we felt like this could be done better. And so then we decided, actually separately, we decided that we were going to learn to farm and figure out a way to do it. Because we also saw the reverse. We saw people doing really good jobs. And you could see it in the river. You saw these beautiful, healthy rivers. So why can't we do it well? And most people would tell you because it's not profitable. And I just didn't feel like that could be. I mean, every year for us, the more we do, the easier farming gets. Like seven years ago, it was challenging to grow vegetables on this farm. And now it's, it's gotten easier and easier. So um, we kind of set up just to basically say there's a better way. And now we're here to say like, hey, let me show you what we've done. Right. 
Yeah. Well, and stick with it because we started this conversation initially with your experience with trees and the agencies that can help you or assist you, be it with grants or information. But tell us a little bit more about the actual farming operation, about the vegetable production and where you stand today then, Stacy. Right. So we do most, it's organic, it's an organic farm, mostly vegetables. Um, we've put about 10 acres in vegetables and now we've, change the rotation so about five of that acre or five additional acres is in cover crop so we do a lot of work with cover cropping and to the from the outsider's perspective it looks a lot like wasted money you know you're buying expensive seed you're putting in the ground you're tilling it in over and over again but what we're doing is building soil and that's been helping a lot with mitigating disease it's been helping a lot with compaction you can see it happening on the farm um, we use live aisles, so we have raised beds, and we plant the aisles in cover crops so that um, that all gets turned into green manure as well. Um, and like I said, I think the most important takeaway from all the work that we do is it's a learning curve. We're all learning. We're all sharing our information, but it's also making farming easier. Right. Well, and shared experiences, like you said, can make lighter work of some of that heavy stuff. Stacy Botsford, along with us, she is going to be one of the conservation coaches that you have access to. Two different days that are being scheduled right now for conversations with those coaches in different regions around the state. Remember, this is a part of an empowerment movement through Wisconsin Women in Conservation, making sure if you're a woman in agriculture that you are accessing all the agencies, associations, and organizations that can help you, be it financially or otherwise, and not being intimidated by the process. These shared experiences that people like Stacy are sharing with you via Zoom A short conversation will obviously lead, we hope, to long-lasting friendships and collaborations. Now, you can get registered today. Just go to WIWIC.org. Remember, Wisconsin Women in Conservation, WIWIC.org, and tap into those sessions both April 6th and 7th. And you said yours is what day again, Stacey? I'll be there on the 7th. And, but it's also the sixth. And I wanted to mention, too, that if you check out that website, you can also find a newsletter. So that can give you a, a little bit more information about the things that we're talking about. Um, also, you can follow the Facebook page or Instagram page. And you can, you know, in case you're not quite sure you want to sign up yet, you can do a little, you know, looking around from afar before you, uh, before you sign up. That's right. At least take a step. Very good. Stacy Botsford along with us. Just one of the women leading the effort to try to get you connected with the assistance that's available out there and not to be intimidated by the process. Just get started. Next week, April 6th and 7th, conservation coaches like Stacy will be sharing their life lessons with other women involved in Wisconsin agriculture. Get signed up today at the Wisconsin Women in Conservation website. W- 